Well, hey there, everybody. We'd like to invite you to visit South Dakota through the eyes of local Lou. She'll take you on a tour of lots of things to see and do. So enjoy your virtual visit through the eyes of local Lou. And welcome to the Local Lou Podcast. Thanks so much for stopping by, guys. I know I'm super inconsistent, but I'm glad that you're still showing up. There have been a lot of indoor and outdoor activities going on in the land of Local Lou these days. I'm a busy little bee. I've been walking historic neighborhoods, volunteering, finding new historical markers, listening to podcasts, enjoying local parks, old cemeteries, watching movies, hanging out downtown, creating history hikes. Wait a second. Have you guys heard of the Fort Dakota History Hike with Local Lou? Well, my fellow Sioux Falls locals, potential visitors, curious out-of-towners, do I have a treat for you. I have a history hike to share with you. It's an easy little walk downtown in Sioux Falls, and it starts at the Ark of Dreams at Sharapa Place. It's just over a mile, and you get to learn all about Fort Dakota on historical markers, plaques, and even a statue. If you're here in Sioux Falls, you can listen to the walk along with your hike, or if you're not in Sioux Falls, you can just listen too. You guys know the drill. Check me out on Instagram at Local Lou Podcast, and please remember, I'm just a girl with a hobby. I like history, and I want to share the history of the area in which I live and that I'm currently learning. I'm an itinerant amateur historian to be. I hope you guys enjoy my feeble attempts at research and looking into bits and pieces of historical markers that I read. In the last episode, we got to learn about the murder of Joseph Amidon and his son, William. Well, their story isn't done yet. I suppose this ending is fitting for the event. Last episode, we covered two historical markers, the Amidon Affair and the Amidon Stone House. I think this is a good time, as good of a time as any, to bring up the fact that we did not even address the word affair. I don't know if it's so much of a fancy word as the usage to me just felt a little bit different. I assume you guys know the more common use of the word affair, but let's real quick figure out why they used it on the historical marker. Fancy word warning, affair. An event or sequence of events of a specific kind or that had previously been referred to. A matter that is a particular person's concern or responsibility. Matters of public interest and importance. Well, would you look at that? The word affair totally does fit. (laughs) I think I'm going to start peppering in the word affair from time to time in normal casual conversations. Back to Joseph Amidon and his son, William. A one-sentence summary of the historical marker that I got on my Instagram from the podcast 100 Proof History back when I first posted the picture of the Amidon Affair marker back in January of 2021, it still kind of makes me chuckle. 100 Proof History read the historical marker, and they went ahead and commented on the picture, uh, quote, Imagine avoiding the Civil War just to get wrecked by arrows while cutting your grass, end quote. Chris and Greg are dead on with this summary, but I will go ahead and do a quick overview myself, just in case you kind of forgot. It's been a while. The Dakota War started on August 18, 1862 in southwest Minnesota, when annuities promised to the Native Americans arrived extremely late after a period of poor crops and drought. On top of this, other problems that had been created by the many treaties that were signed by Native Americans but not honored by the government. That encouraged them to sign them. (sighs) 
On August 17, 1862, a young warrior killed five German settlers, and that was the spark to light a fire of the Dakota War. A war that was more of a death rattle, where the native people possibly knew it was their last chance at an uprising to get their land back. The Dakota War was short-lived, lasting only six weeks, and ended with the largest mass hanging in America's history of 38 Dakota men on December 26, 1862 in Mankato, Minnesota. Hashtag History and Local Lou talked more in depth on the Dakota War in the Dakota Conflict episode of Local Lou. The Amadon family and the Dakota War come up on a lot of the historical markers in my little nook of southeastern South Dakota, mostly because the Native American uprising slightly touched the budding Sioux Falls area when a small group of warriors came through that area and ended up killing Joseph Amadon and his son on August 25th, 1862. Sioux Falls City was evacuated soon after. What was left of a small settlement? was burned to the ground by the Native American warriors, and then over the next few years, Fort Dakota would be built to restore peace in the area, making it possible for settlers to come back and resettle along the Big Sioux River surrounding Sioux Falls. And the settlers did come back, and Sioux Falls did grow, and it did prosper. The killing of the Amadons is a very interesting piece of Sioux Falls City's history. However, there's a little mystery in there. There's a little mystery in that history. Do you guys like unsolved mysteries? I'm going to ruin the fun a little bit here, but I do want you to know right off the bat, there's no answer to the story that I'm about to tell. I have my assumptions, and maybe you will too, but there's no real answers here. Let's get to our first historical marker today. Amadon Graves Mystery. About 200 yards southwest of this marker is a location long supposed by historians to be the burial site of, of Judge Joseph Amadon and his son, William. Ambushed and killed by the Santee Sioux Warriors on August 25, 1862, the Sioux War Party was under orders to clear all settlers from the Big Sioux River Valley. For decades, the belief was held by many that the Amadons had been interred near where they fell. A linear earthen mound about 30 feet long, 8 feet wide, and 4 feet high, strewn with rocks and large boulders, was understood to mark their grave sites. In 1991, the Augustana College Archaeology Lab was employed to excavate the presumed burial mound. A crew led by archaeologists Dr. L. Adrian Hannes and Peter Winham methodically extracted nine soil core samples, dug four one-meter square excavations, and cut a 20-foot-long backhoe trench. No evidence of human internments was found. Only debris piled up by farmers for almost a century was uncovered. The location of the Amadon Graves remains a mystery. Amadon Graves Mystery. Amadon Street and North Drive. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Well, would you look at that? We have a mystery on our hands, but we also have a fancy word. Fancy word warning, internment. Internment, the burial of a corpse in a grave or tomb, typically with funeral rites. On the Amadon Affair historical marker, we learned that Sergeant Jesse B. Watson of Company A, Dakota Calvary, saw the bodies of the Amadons where they were killed and helped pick up the bodies and buried them in a cemetery on North Duluth Avenue. So let's go on over to North Duluth Avenue and read that historical marker. Two cemeteries. In 1859, Henry Masters, governor of the squatter government of Sioux Falls City, 
was the first resident of the village to die. He was buried in an open field near his home, close to this location. The next deaths were those of Judge Joseph B. Amadin and his son William. They were ambushed and killed by Santee Sioux warriors on August 25, 1862. The bodies of the two Amadins were buried next to Master's grave. Malhalla Amadin, widow of Joseph, and other settlers abandoned the village and fled to Yankton. In 1865, federal soldiers arrived to build Fort Dakota. The first military burial was held for Private Fred Pews, who died August 26, 1866. Soon, a national cemetery was established next to the city cemetery. Around it was built a 24 by 18 foot whitewashed single rail fence. Twice each day, soldiers hiked from the fort to the bluff top to raise the flag at dawn and to lower it at dusk. There were four military and five civilian burials in the two cemeteries. In 1881, the remains were removed to Mount Pleasant Cemetery for reburial. Two cemeteries, 7th and Duluth Avenue, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Joseph Amadin's daughter, Mary Amadin, had a daughter, Chloe. Chloe Selleck Ryder Holmes lived from 1854 to 1910. So Chloe was eight years old when her grandfather was killed. And almost 20 years later, she wrote the Sioux Falls Postmaster, A.T. Fleetwood, asking where the bodies of Joseph and William were buried. Postmaster Fleetwood replied back to Chloe, stating, I refer you to Dr. J.C. Phillips. The bodies of J.B. and Will William Amadin were removed from their former graves to the cemetery here, the expense being borne by the citizens. So it's not a great response. Um, <laughs> this response assumes a lot, like she would know what he was talking about, and so that's kind of frustrating. So Chloe didn't get exactly the response that we would like. Um, historically, it's kind of a hard to track down kind of thing. The historical marker says that they were moved to Mount Pleasant Cemetery, and it feels like that's a really good possibility. But the historical marker was made by a person who did research. It wasn't, it's not a magical thing. It's not the be all end all. So we kind of have to look into things a little bit ourselves. In 1893, Jenny Amadin Seaman, the daughter of Martha, another one of Joseph Amadin's daughters, wrote an account of the 31 years previous slaying of her grandfather Joseph. While Jenny, who was born two years after the murder, clearly could not have been there, neither was her mother Martha, so this account is likely passed from Mahala, Joseph's wife, and filled in by other first and second and third hand accounts. I will say the account, besides a handwritten letter directly from Mahala, seems to be really clear and straightforward story, though it does uh, close in mentioning how he's a good man and a good father, all the things that you'd expect. The article describes the events as such, quote, from the position of the bodies when found and the testimony of Fowler, the story of the tragedy is believed to be this. Late in the afternoon, Willie observed large numbers of black birds in the corn and left his work at the hay and gone with his shotgun to, the dr to drive them away, and had thus accidentally come upon the hiding band of hostile Sioux, waiting there in the readiness to attack the settlement at night. But their ambush was discovered, and they could do nothing but kill the discoverer. 
Evidence was not lacking, and they tried to do this without noise, as he was shot first with arrows, three of them, which, not being successful in producing his death, were followed by four bullets, which ended the struggle. Whether he uttered any call for help cannot be known, but it is supposed that he did not, or none reached his father's ears, as Joseph Amidon's movements were apparently marked by the utmost composure. Hearing the unusual firing, he entered the corn at the point taken by his son, and had gone but a few rods, and not far enough to see Willie's body, when he too fell, shot in the breast, with three bullets, end quote. The article goes on to actually answer a couple questions for me. It explains, The corpses were carried home, and some of the men commenced making coffins. Due to nobody knowing where the bodies now are, I somehow thought maybe they were just put in the ground as is. But no, they had coffins, so that is interesting. Does the article mention where they're buried, however? Well, quote, Sometime after the final colonization, the remains of Judge Amidon and his son and Mr. Masters were removed to the city cemetery. End quote. Hmm. There it is, the city cemetery again. <laughs> hmm. Feels like if we can find Henry Masters, we can find the Amidons, right? I remember when I initially met Randy, the caretaker of Mount Pleasant Cemetery, and we spoke of the location of the Amidon bodies, and he has his own theories on where the Amidons are buried. You guys know I love Mount Pleasant Cemetery, so if you want to know where I think the Amidons are buried, it's there. It makes sense to me that they move the soldiers there. Why not move uh, Masters and the Amidons? Why drive all over town with a bunch of old corpses? You know what I mean? Seems like you would just load them up and drop them off. However, Pettigrew, the main guy in the new up-and-coming posh neighborhood in Sioux Falls, he was part of the Woodlawn Cemetery. So why not bury them there? I think it's real estate related. Mount Pleasant uh, was super cheap to bury people. Real rock bottom prices. And why give up nice spots in your fancy graveyard at Woodlawn? But maybe I'm wrong there. Let's hope he really did move the bodies and we don't have a poltergeist moment. And someone on 7th and Duluth goes to put in a pool and something real bad happens. Um, it's unsatisfactory. I know that we have no idea where the Amidons really are. Uh, we just have clues and ideas. And I really did um, start to feel for the surviving Amidon family. These murders seem to have cut deep because decades later, it's still on their minds. I wonder if any of the modern descendants have any thoughts on the affair itself or where the bodies may be. I myself have never met somebody with the last name Amidon which is evidenced by the fact that I don't know how to say it. I will say this is one, these two historical markers definitely make me feel like I wish I had some more knowledgeable history friends um, that were more dedicated and focused than me um, to kind of help guide me through this. It's really research that I am I'm struggling with because it's hard. I don't quite have the resources, like, I don't know where to look to figure this out. Um, I have recently gotten a couple leads on people to talk to that would at least, if anything else, have some fun cemetery history for me. So I'm really into that. I appreciate you guys for sticking with me as I learn how to do this research and bring you my thoughts and opinions on local history. After hearing from the postmaster and reading um, the newspaper, 
it feels like the answer is that the answer is the city cemetery. But what was the city cemetery considered to be in the 1880s in Sioux Falls City? I'm assuming that's something that might have more than one answer. And again, we had two really big cemeteries going at the time. We had Mount Pleasant Cemetery and Woodlawn Cemetery. Both have a super rich history and both have a ton of names in Sioux Falls buried there. If there's a cool street name, the person that that street is named after is buried in one of those cemeteries. Pretty much. That's how it goes around here. It does feel like those are our two options, Woodlawn or Mount Pleasant. I'm going to say Mount Pleasant because the Fort Dakota soldiers are buried there, and that just makes sense to me. However, knowing where Henry Masters is, I think kind of will automatically tell you where the Amadins are as well. I don't see how they would move. I do see the possibility that they would move the soldiers to one cemetery and the civilians to another. That is somehow plausible. However, to split up the citizens doesn't make sense to me. I know we have no resolution on this one, guys. <laughs> I don't like it either. I'm so sorry. <laughs> if Augustana researchers can't figure it out, how am I supposed to figure it out? I just think it's interesting and it's a mystery. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> it's an unsolved mystery. It's an unsolved mystery. We got to get Robert Stack here. He'll figure this out. <laughs> I think we're about ready to close the door on the Amadins. I mean, at least shut it halfway with the hall light on because we're gonna move past them. We're gonna see what else is going on in Sioux Falls. We're gonna find some other historical markers that aren't about their death or where they're buried. And I'm super excited for that, especially because we have no resolution here. Thanks guys for sticking with me as I learn to get better at this and figure things out and bring you fun and interesting stories from Sioux Falls and the surrounding area as I learn myself some of the history. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great and wonderful day, guys, and see you next time on the Local Lou Podcast. Through the eyes.